بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الخلق محمد سيد المرسلين وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحلل عقدة باللسان يفقه قولي أما بعد Dear brothers and sisters in Islam السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته uh, I don't I don't know what to say after this video where a mother is, has lost three of her children, where a wife has lost her husband, and she is she is okay with that. She is she is completely accepting that, and this is a blessing from Allah Subhanahu wa Taala to this ummah. Their brothers and sisters, for more than hundred years, this this Muslim ummah suffering a humiliation, oppression, and devastation one after another, from weakening of our Islamic aqidah in the hearts and the minds of the Muslim masses, to the weakening of the Khilafah, to the removal of the guardian and protector of the Islamic Aqidah and the Ummah, the Khilafah, to the division of the entire Muslim land, to the occupation and colonization by the Western Kafir powers, to the establishment of cancerous Zionist entity in the heart of the blessed land, to the installation of treasurious rurals in the Muslim land, to the continuous shedding of the sacred Muslim blood, as we just saw in the video, to the continuous efforts to secularize the new Muslim generation. And the list goes on and on and on of things are going against this ummah and the plotting against this ummah. The recent events happened in the blessed land of Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa and its surrounding calls one more time for a sincere call for the real solution to which the Muslim masses call the Palestinian issue, and I will call it the blessed land issue. This is the issue of the blessed land. Before we discuss the real solution, which will be presented by our next speaker, inshallah, I would like to take you through a pleasant and sad history of the conflict over the blessed land. I don't want to go far in the history of the blessed land, and I will not focus on a specific time period. Doing this requires hours and hours of time, which we don't have in this short event. As we all know, and it's documented, that the Arabs, the Canaanian, lived in Bilad al-Sham, and the land was called the land of Canaan. And the Canaanian are from the Arab Peninsula. They came, to the, they came from the Arab Peninsula about 4,500 years ago. The Jews moved to the blessed land and lived there as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned in the Quran, alongside with the Arabs. They had the authority over their land because they were ruled by the prophets of Bani Israel and the prophets of Bani Israel, they were ruling the people in that land. The Jews did not respect the authority of their prophets. They killed their prophets and disobeyed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran in Surah Al-A'raf, where he commanded Musa alayhi salam, where Musa alayhi salam, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, بَعْدَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ قَالَ مُوسَى لِقَوْمِهِ اسْتَعِينُوا بِاللَّهِ وَصْبِرُوا إِنَّ الْأَرْضَ لِلَّهِ يُورِثُهَا مَنْ يَشَاءُ مِنْ عِبَادِهِ وَالْعَاقِبَةُ لِلْمُتَّقِينَ Musa said to his people, seek help from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and steadfast. This earth belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. يُورِثُهَا مَنْ يَشَاءُ And he bestows it into those of his servant that he chooses. يُورِثُهَا لِمَنْ يَشَاءُ مُنْ عِبَادَهِ The Jews 
they ruled that land. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decreed something else because they did not respect the authority of their prophets. In the early days of prophethood of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded him to pray in the direction of the Masjid al-Aqsa, an embedded signal there to us, the Muslims. On the night of al-Isra' wal-Mi'raj, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took our beloved Muhammad sallallahu, Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the overnight journey to Baytul Maqdis, Al-Quds in Jerusalem. In that night, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made a declaration for all mankind till the end of time that the land surrounding Baytul Maqdis is a blessed land and its authority and guardianship has been transferred to the carriers of the deen of Islam represented by Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in that night. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Isra' ba'da'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan ar-rajim سبحان الذي أسرى بعبده ليلا من المسجد الحرام إلى المسجد الأقصى الذي باركنا حوله لنريه من آياتنا إنه هو السميع البصير Glorified be who carried his servant by night from المسجد الحرام to المسجد الأقصى whose surrounding we have made, we have blessed this is a blessed land that's declared by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why we will call it, this is an issue of the blessed land. It was reported in Musnad Ahmad that in Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, at that night, he led the prayers amidst all the previous prophets. And that the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa ascended to heaven from Baytul Maqdis. Hence, Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was called the Imam Al-Anbiya the leader of all the prophets. Their brothers and sisters, Al-Isra wal Mi'raj was the glad tiding during the difficult times in the da'wah of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that Islam will be victorious and will rule over Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa and the surrounding land. And indeed, that happened. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala fulfilled his promise in the 15th year of Hijrah at the time of the Khalifa Umar bin al-Khattab radiyallahu at the hands of the Muslim army led by the true believers in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the companions of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, who they were not Palestinians. The companions, the likes of Abu Ubaidah Amr bin al-Jarrah, Khalid bin al-Walid, and many of the best of the Sahaba. Islam continued to rule the blessed land. The Muslims, the Muslims and the people of the book lived together and the rights of the people of the book were protected by Islam. In the year 72 Hijri, the Muslims built Masjid Qubba al-Sakhra, the Dome of the Rock that you see. And Islam continued to rule the blessed land for 462 years from the time it was opened by Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhu. But the disunity and division in the Islamic State in the 5th century Hijri led the Crusades to fulfill their dream by capturing Al-Quds. The entire civilization, the entire civilian population, over 70,000 people in Al-Quds were massacred. The blood of Muslims was up to the knees of the Crusades. Mosques and synagogues throughout the city were destroyed. Their occupation continued for 88 years 
during which they converted the Dome of the Rock, Masjid Qubbat al-Sakhra, to a church. And they converted part of Al-Masjid al-Aqsa to a church and part of it to a sleeping area for the Crusades and the lower decks for the horses. Imagine, imagine the humiliation, the second mosque built on earth to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and our first qibla and the mosque in which our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam led all the prophets became an animal barn. But the goodness in this ummah continues till the end of time. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prepared Salah al-Din al-Ayyubi, who was not Palestinian, nor Arab. He's Kurdish. He prepared him for the task of removing the division among the ummah and, and expelling the crusades. It took him time to, to unite the Muslims of Bilad al-Sham and Egypt under the Khilafah. Then after he united them, he marched toward Al-Quds, and in the decisive battle of Hattin, he defeated the Crusades, and he drove them out of the Muslim land. Salah al-Din was a true soldier of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who felt the pain of the Muslims and acted sincerely to remove the pain. He used to say, how come I taste the food that I eat while Al-Quds in the hands of the Crusades? As an army general, Salah al-Din feared Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala question at the day of judgment where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah al-Nisa, ayah 75 says, بَعْدَ أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ وَمَا لَكُمْ لَا تُقَاتِلُونَ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ وَالْمُسْتَضْعَفِينَ وَالْمُسْتَضْعَفِينَ مِنَ الرِّجَالِ وَالنِّسَاءِ وَالْوِلْدَانِ الَّذِينَ يَقُولُونَ رَبَّنَا أَخْرِجْنَا مِنْ هَذِهِ الْقَرْيَةِ الظَّالِمِ أَهْلُهَا وَاجْعَلْ لَنَا مِنْ لَدُنْكَ وَلِيًّا وَاجْعَلْ لَنَا مِنْ لَدُنْكَ نَصِيرًا What's the matter with you? What's the matter with you? That you do not fight in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and in support of the helpless men, women and children who raise their hands and pray, O oh, our Rabb, rescue us from this land whose people are oppressors and appoint for us a protector and appoint for us a helper. What's the matter with you? Indeed, Salah al-Din responded and acted accordingly to what pleases Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he will not be questioned about this on the day of judgment. He did what he's supposed to do. And again, when the Ummah was divided and the Tatar and the Mughals occupied the blessed land for a short period of time, then they were defeated by the Mamluks, Al-Mamalik, in the Battle of Ain Jalut at the hands of sincere army generals, the likes of Al-Mudaffar Qutuz and Al-Dahir Papers. Then the blessed land continued to be under the authority of Islam, under the rule of the Uthmani Khulafa, under the authority of Muslims, the Jews and the Christians lived, lived in peace and security among the Muslims as mandated by our deen. In the late 18th century, the Zionist movement started with a goal of establishing a Zionist state in the blessed land. 
So they attempted to buy the blessed land from the Khalifa Abdul Hamid al-Thani. In exchange of millions of gold pounds, but the Khilafah refused that at the most difficult time when the Khilafah needed the money to address its weak economy. And the Khalifa said his golden statement that the history will never forget, a statement that later costed him his position as the Khalifa. He said, advise Dr. Herzl not to take any further steps in this project, the project of establishing a Zionist state on the blessed land. I cannot give away a handful of the soil of this land for it's not my own. It's for all Muslim ummah that fought for its sake and watered it with their blood. The Jews may keep their millions. If the Khilafah is one day abolished, then they can take Palestine without a price. Subhanallah. But while I am alive, I would rather push a sword into my body rather than seeing the land of Palestine chopped and given away from the Islamic State. This will not be. I will not accept cutting our bodies while we are alive. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shower his mercy on Khalifa Abdul Hamid al-Thani. Yes, indeed, the Khilafah was abolished at the hands of the Arab and Turkish traitors, and then the blessed land was given to the Zionists for free. In preparation for the abolishing the Khilafah state in the years 1915 and 1916, the colonial European powers, Britain and France, divided the Middle East between them in what's known as Sykes-Picot Agreement, in which Britain controls the blessed land. In November 2nd, 1917, Britain gifted the blessed land to the Zionist movement to establish their Zionist state in what's known as Belfort Declaration, which reads, Dear Lord Rothschild, I have much pleasure in conveying to you on behalf of His Majesty's government the following declaration of sympathy with the Jewish Zionist aspirations which has been submitted to and approved by the cabinet. His Majesty, Majesty's government views with favor the establishment of Palestine, of Palestine, in Palestine of a national home for the Jewish people and will use their best endeavors to facilitate the achievement of this object. And continues and signed by Arthur, Arthur James Belfour. A gift, a land that the British don't, uh, don't own, a land that is not theirs, they gift it to the Jews. In a simple declaration, they forget that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made declaration 1300 years before that declaration that this is a blessed land and belongs to Muslims. At the end of the First World War, the League of Nations adopted the Belfort Declaration and, incom- and incorporated it into the mandate over Palestine. The mandate was granted to Britain in July 1922. Thus, the creation of a homeland for the Jews in Palestine became the official responsibility of the Britain. At the end of the Second World War, the conditions were ripe for the creation of a Jewish state in Palestine. The United Nations became the legal inheritor of the League of Nations. The UN adapted a resolution calling for the creation of two states in Palestine, known as the Partition Plan. The plan, which was adapted in the UN Resolution 181, 
in November 1947, called for the creation of an Arab state and a Jewish state. In May 1948, the State of Israel was created and the British troops left Palestine. It's important to understand what Britain's motive from the creation of the Zionist state in the blessed land was. Britain was pursuing its own national interest. For Britain in particular, and Europe in general, the issue of the East, the issue of the East was one of the most critical issues for centuries. And the issue of the East simply stated is the existence of an extremely powerful state, Al-Khilaf Al-Uthmaniyya, driven and motivated by the powerful Islamic ideology to the East of Europe. The First World War provided an opportunity to the victorious European allies to end the Eastern issue. The Khilaf Uthmaniyya participated in the First World War and they lost. So they took it as an opportunity to disintegrate the once powerful and large Uthmani Khilafa state. But the question remained that the Eastern issue could resurge and pose a threat one more time to the European continent. The national interest of Britain and its European allies was still to guard against the return of the Eastern issue. The British historian Bernard Lewis stated that Europe will not allow the return of the return of army that once besieged Vienna in 1653, referring to the Khilafa Uthmaniyya army. Britain and Europe have learned that the colonization and occupation of Muslim lands in the East could not last forever. Also, the end of the colonization and occupation of Muslim lands will always be followed by the resurgence of a new power that may pose a threat to the European security. The crusade Mughal wars were enough evidence for this fact. They learned from history. The British solution to this dilemma was to create a conflict zone in which the Muslims and the Jews are the main parties in the conflict. This was their motive. Stop the return of the Islamic Khilafah. Stop the return of the unity of the Ummah. Stop the return of the Eastern issue, a strong Islamic Khilafah state on the Muslim land. That was their motive, and that's still their motive until now. After World War II, the U.S. emerged as a new power, a new superpower in the world arena. The U.S. inherited much of the old colonial package from Britain, France, and other colonial powers. Part of the heritage that the U.S. inherited was the Zionist state of Israel with all the conflicts surrounding its existence and security. As in the case of Britain, the U.S. continued to perceive Israel as a vital to the national interest of the U.S. The U.S. statesmen, presidents, secretary of states, national security advisors, continue to declare time and time and again until today that the security of the state of Israel is vital to the American national interest. Now, when the Zionists started migrating and settling in the blessed land, the Muslims in the area did not accept them and fought them. And they fought the British forces supporting the Zionist settlers 
the British forces armed uh, the British forces armed the settlers in preparation for creating the Zionist army that will take over when Britain forces leave. Massacres like Deir Yassin massacre, in which 100 Palestinians Muslims were killed, started taking place, and the Palestinians retaliated. The clashes between the Muslims of Palestine and the Zionist settlers still continue until today. The people of Palestine are not accepting the occupation of the Zionists in the same way they did not accept the occupation, the occupation of Britain in the same way that the Muslims did not accept the occupation of the Crusaders. In, 19, in November 1947, the UN Partition Resolution 181 was adapted in which Palestine was to be divided into Jewish state and Arab state. Jerusalem was to be internationalized. Arab countries and Arab League refused to recognize the resolution. In 1948, after the British left Palestine and the Jews declared Zionist state, the armies of Jordan The armies of Jordan, Syria, Lebanon, Egypt, Iraq marched to Palestine and fighting continued for almost a year. The British officer John Klopp led the armies to the area in Palestine allocated to the Arabs under UN Resolution 181. He did not take the armies, the Arab armies to go and fight the Jews. He took them to take control over the area that was allocated by the UN to the Arabs. And John Glob later wrote he had been given clear instructions to this effect. So he was, that was the direction that was given to him. This shows very clearly that the Arab rulers were accomplices in the establishment of Israel. In 1947 and early 1948, in a clandestine meeting with Golda Meir, King Abdullah had offered to accept the establishment of Israel and retain for Jordanian control of the Arab populated parts of Palestine. Subsequent leakage of this meeting hindered the plan. Abdullah's long association with the British was well known to all the people. The Israeli historian Benny Morris relates. He says, A Jewish state would not have come into being without the uprooting of 700,000 Palestinians. Therefore, it was necessary to uproot them. There was no choice but to expel that population. It was necessary to cleanse the hinterland and cleanse the border areas and cleanse the main roads. It was necessary to cleanse the villages from which our convoys and our settlements were fired on. 700,000 Palestinians. This shows how the Zionist state looks at the life of the other humans other than the Jews. In 1949, after more than a year of fighting, there was a truce. The Zionists controls the Negev and the coastal plain while Jordan rules the West Bank and Egypt controls the Gaza Strip. Jerusalem is divided between Israel and Jordan. Large numbers of displaced Arabs settled in refugee camps in the Gaza, Strips, uh, Gaza Strip and the West Bank. Due to the treasury of the rulers in deceiving the Ummah into believing that they, into believing they had attempted unsuccessfully to destroy the Zionist state, 
this cancerous gland was placed upon the map of the Islamic land. The Arab and the Muslim leaders dealt with the illegitimate Zionist state issue as an issue that requires internationally adopted solution rather than an Islamic solution. This is not strange from such rulers who had been appointed on the Sykes-Picot countries by the European colonial powers and then supported by America after World War II. The international solutions were two solutions that do not rise to the level of a solution. A British proposed solution supported by the Arab agent rulers and an American proposed solution that's supported by America as a superpower and it's also its Arab agent rulers. In short and in summary, the British proposed solution is to create one secular democratic state. One secular democratic state that would include Palestine and Jordan. The state would have a mixed population, Jews and Arabs, Muslims and Christians, no. The strength of this proposal is that it can easily hide the refugee problem because those refugees who currently live in Jordan will essentially be living in the state of Palestine without having to move from their country locations, current locations. It also hides the issue of Jerusalem being the capital of all at the same time. So it's the capital for all Muslims and Jews. This is the British solution in summary. The American proposed solution is a two-state solution, as you can see in the map, the green, the green one. One state for the Jews and the other state for the Palestinians. The first time this proposal came out was in 1964 during the Arab, the Arab, summit, in Jeru- uh, the Arab summit in Jerusalem. The Arab leaders under the leadership of Abdel Nasser proposed the creation of the Palestinian Liberation Organization, PLO. The objective of the PLO was to create a Palestinian state in the West Bank and to reduce the blessed land issue to a Palestinian issue rather than being an Islamic issue. It took several wars and many lives on the sides of the Arabs and the Jews to come close to this proposal. The main advantage of this proposal is that it's backed by the US, the superpower. The US assures Israel of the continuous support and backup. Also, most of the Arab countries, including Saudi Arabia, Egypt, and Syria, backed the proposal. Officially, the Arab leaders adapted this proposal, a two-state solution, in their summit in Beirut, March 2002. And, and President Bush attained the full recognition of this proposal from the British Prime Minister Tony Blair in April 2002. In 1967, the war was... an The war war of 1967, what's called the Six Days War. The war was was an episode in the Anglo-American conflict for control of the region. Britain has been surpassed as the region's dominant force for 11 years earlier, but still retained some influence through its agents in Jordan, Syria, and Israel. In an attempt to weaken Abdel Nasser, Britain sought to to lure Israel to drag Egypt into a war whereby Israel would seize territory and use it as a bargaining tool in a land for peace settlement, a means through which to achieve the security which the Israelis so desperately sought. Israel launched a preemptive strike, destroying three-fifths of the age of Egypt's ground air force and two-thirds of Syrian and Jordanian's combat aircraft. 
In a matter of 48 hours, the Israelis seized the major West Bank town. In a similar manner, the Israelis seized the, the Golan Heights and on the sixth day of the, in the sixth day of the war. Israel also captured Sharm el-Sheikh and secured the waterways of the Straits of Tehran. In 1978 and 1979, Camp David talks between Egypt and the Zionists began, and a peace treaty was signed, and the Zionists began withdrawal from the Sinai Peninsula. When Anwar Sadat visited Jerusalem to conclude the peace agreement, the Imam of Masjid al-Aqsa questions the purpose of his visit, saying, This holy place was opened by Khalifa Umar, liberated by Salahuddin. In which way have you come, Sadat? Are you coming as a liberator, a liberator, or a seller? In 1982, the Zionists invaded Lebanon and massacred more than 2,000 Muslim Palestinians in the refugee camps of Sabra and Shatella, was led by Sharon. In 1987, the first intifada started, and it was called the Uprising of Stones, Intifada al Hijara. It was triggered by the intentional killing of four Palestinian workers in Gaza by a Zionist truck driver. More than 1,300, Pal 1300 Palestinians were killed from 1987 to 1993. This intifada showed the need for peace and negotiations. And in 1991, in the Madrid conference, a series of talks between the Zionists and the PLO, Jordan, Syria, Lebanon took place. The outcome was the 1993 Oslo Accord between the PLO and Zionists, in which Israel and PLO agreed to mutual recognition. Yasser Arafat and PLO will be allowed to return to Gaza. And subhanAllah, how much was left from Palestine after the Oslo Accords? Look at the map. The green areas are what's left after Oslo. The green small areas disconnected, no connection, not continuous. This is what the result of ne the negotiations and reducing the issue of Palestine from being an Islamic issue to a pure Palestinian nationalistic issue. In September, two, September 2008, 2000, Ariel Sharon appeared in Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa. Compound in Jerusalem's old city with more than 1,000 Israeli police in a blatant attempt to provoke Palestinians. He repeated a phrase that was broadcasted during 1967 Six-Day War when Israeli Occupation forces seized East Jerusalem, and that phrase is, the Temple Mount is in our hands. This is what Sharon shouted. Palestinians reacted almost immediately to the threat to Al-Aqsa. The second intifada started on that day and continued until early 2005 for almost five years. About 5,000 Palestinians were killed and 5,000 homes demolished and more than 6,000 homes damaged beyond repair. The wall was built and more settlement was built. In September 2005, Israel completed the pullout from Gaza Strip territory and control was transferred to the Palestinian Authority, although Israel continued to control its borders and airspace. 
In early 2008, the Israeli army attacked Gaza with the excuse of stopping Hamas from launching missiles toward Israel. And this lasted for five days in which 116 Muslims were killed. Egypt mediated a ceasefire, but the Zionists broke that in December 2008 and invaded Gaza for a period of almost 22 days, during which 1,328 Muslims killed and more than 5,400 were injured. And again, in 2012, the Zionists attacked Gaza for eight days, shelling it every day, which resulted in the killing of more than 174 Muslims and 100 injured. The goal was to stop Hamas from launching missiles in retaliation of any Zionist aggression. And again, in July 2014, the Zionists attacked Gaza for the same reason and killed more than 2,100 Muslims and injured more than 10,000 Muslims. In March 30, 2018, the Zionists killed 16 Muslims in Gaza while they were marching in a rally at the Gaza border. Marching peacefully in a rally at the Gaza border. And just recently, in the month of Ramadan, this year, the Zionists resumed their evacuation strategy to evacuate the Palestinians al-Murabitin from the old city of Jerusalem, Al-Quds, in the neighborhood of Sheikh Jarrah, and hand it o- to hand it over to the Zionist settlers. As a result, clashes happened between the Muslims and the Zionists. In the last Friday of Ramadan, Tens of thousands of Muslims gathered in Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa to pray Jum'ah. Clashes happened between them and the Zionist forces. Then on the night of of May 10th, the Zionists stormed Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa and attacked the worshippers in an attempt to empty it from all worshippers and all the Musalleen in an atikaf to enable the settlers to enter in the memory of the so-called unification of Jerusalem to perform their Talmudic rituals and discreet its courtyards. The occupation forces showered those in Al-Aqsa with stun grenades, gas, and rubber bullets, and chased them by beating and pushing to empty its squares amid a siege of worshippers in the prayer area of Al-Aqsa Mosque, causing more than 400 injuries, including direct injuries to the head. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala paralyze their filthy hands that, they, that are stained with the blood of the Muslims. The Muslim world was watching this. The whole world was watching this. The Muslims were calling for help and support. The Muslims around Al-Aqsa were calling the whole world and the Muslims, they were calling the Muslims, they were calling the Muslim armies, they were calling everyone to help and support. But no one responded. So in retaliation for the discretion of Al-Aqsa, Hamas and Gaza started launching missiles on the Zionist area in support of their brothers and sisters in Al-Aqsa. Then the Zionists attacked Gaza again for a period of 11 days. Many killed and injured until ceasefire was reached on Thursday, May 20th, 2021. At least 232 Palestinians, including 65 children, have been killed in the Israeli bombardment. The simple, non-sophisticated missiles launched on the Zionists instilled fear in their hearts, and they accepted unconditional ceasefire. Brothers and sisters, time and time again, 
After every attack on the blessed land, the Muslim masses everywhere else in the world protested, rallied, and demanded that their government take an action to put an end to the bloodshed of their brothers and sisters, but to no avail. All what they see from their rulers is condemnation. Raise the issue to the UN, Arab League meeting to discuss and condemn, Muslim leaders meeting to discuss and condemn, beg the US to intervene, and recently with the social media rulers with strong Muslim armies, tweeting in support of the people of the blessed land. As if tweets is what addresses the oppression of the Zionists and rids our Muslim brothers and sisters from occupation and humiliation. Time and time again, after every attack, negotiations lead to surrounding, to, sunder, to surrendering more and more of what's left of the blessed land to the Zionists. But this time, we have seen the masses in the Muslim land confronting their armies and questioning them why they do not move to liberate the blessed land like what happened in Jordan near the Palestinian borders and what happened in Lebanon and the continuous campaigns in the Muslim world demanding the armies to move and put an end to this cancerous entity. In conclusion, brother and sisters, we can see the same trends of a treason by all the rulers since the start of the Zionist issue, and they are colluding with the enemies of the Ummah against the Ummah. The Muslim Ummah is divided, and its armies are shackled by those treacherous rulers. It's high time. It's high time. It is high time for the Ummah to realize that the blessed land will not come back to the Ummah until and unless a sincere army leader like Sa'd ibn Mu'ad emerges that supports this deen to unite the Ummah the way Salah al-Din did in the 12th century. By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the oppressing Zionist power will not cease to exist as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah الإسراء آية 7 بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم فإذا جاء وعد الآخرة ليسوه وجوهكم وليدخلوا المسجد كما دخلوه أول مرة وليتبروا ما علوا تتبيرا So when the time of the fulfillment of the second promise arrives we raised your enemies that would disfigure your faces and enter the mosque as they had entered the first time and destroy whatever they could lay their hands on. Brothers and sisters, the issue of the blessed land is dear to the hearts of, to the hearts of every Muslim. Arab or non-Arab, black or white, born Muslim or a reverted Muslim, it's an issue where we have no choice to say it's not our issue. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala dictated that on us, it's part of our deen. Therefore, when we look to a solution of this issue, we should not go further than looking in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Quran, and in the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, as our next speaker will discuss inshallah ta'ala. Jazakumullahu khayran. Wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.